Hello. Hi, Merlin. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm great. It's Tuesday. Yeah. It's an optimistic day. Uh-huh. You all right? Yeah, good. You sound downbeat. What's going on? Do I? Same as always. Are the bastards grinding you down? What's happening? <laughs> you can't let them do that. No, it's fine. No, I agree. It's, it's, it's in Latin and everything. Don't just do that. Ti- I'm just tired. Tired? Why are you so tired? I don't know. Yeah, it's early. Well, it's not that it's, it's early. It's not that it's early. It's just that I haven't no. slept as much the last few days. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like they're grinding you down. <sighs> Maybe they are. Yeah. <laughs> Let them win. <laughs> That's the worst that can happen. At this point, you know, who, yeah. who, who would know the difference? Yeah. Yeah. It's a crazy time of year. Who could say? Who could say? Well, I, I hope they stop grinding you. Uh, I guess if they are, I hope they stop. Yeah. Have you, have you asked? <laughs> I have to, for them to stop. Yeah, I asked, maybe you could do a text expander for them. Are they sponsoring this episode? Should we? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I received your note. Yeah, please stop grinding me down. Okay, don't grind. No grind. No grind, Jerry. No grind. No, I don't. Oh. I don't want special offers and deals. Oh, so, <laughs> is that the, what's that term? Yeah, special special offers. When did I've, we first hear that? I have been paying more attention to that recently over the last since the last week where we talked about it again and i it's just it's just everywhere it's just all the time everywhere and i'm talking about just general promotional things where where you're looking at a website and and they have it timed so that you get into the beginning of the second paragraph when they know they've hooked you yeah and then the thing slides up over the screen and you have to say yes sign me up for your email newsletter no i don't care about saving money Oh, confirm shaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, t- I totally agree. Like yesterday, I feel like, you know, I, um, I, uh, my friends make fun of me because I still look at Google News a lot. But one benefit of Google News is that, let's go look at this together. Uh, you know, it's trying to get something that's tailored for you. It's not overly, like, manicured. Like, you get general kinds of news stuff. But when you mouse over an item, um, a few little uh, things pop up. You get the little share icon and then you get the weird it's not a hamburger it's more like a uh i don't know like a triple bifurcated uh slim jim you get this little thing when you mouse over it if you click on that you could say hide all stories from name of this publication which i have started to do liberally Mm. when what you're describing happens i had one yesterday i clicked from google news and it was one of these idiot forgive my saying blog posts Mm -hmm. just so thirsty so thirsty it's you know the the uh, signal to noise ratio terrible on the page no useful information until at least the third paragraph past the ad in the you know, in line but the beauty part was for, it popped up and this, this is really crazy on iOS sometimes I get a thing on iOS where it pops up and something immediately usually it's sign up for our newsletter mm-hmm. so thirsty sign up for our newsletter <laughs> and it's always I the think, newsletter it's always the newsletter what what is in the newsletter what am i missing i guess i can't know until i sign no, up for the newsletter that's the whole point is we you don't talk, talk about, about the newsletter no that's the first rule of newsletter club mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then i got a second <laughs> interstitial <laughs> That came in, like Gandalf, just swooping in, and I got a second. I didn't even know where to click, because now the page is, like, 999'd out. Like, <laughs> I've just got, a, like, a semi-transparent gray. Right. And now we play that game, Find the X. We play it's, the Find the X Especially challenging on iOS, I must say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I uh, run a lot of uh, those blocker things, because they're just so dang thirsty. I get the feeling publishing... 
is a pretty rough business right now. I, I imagine it's very, it has to be stressful. It has yes. to be even worse than anything else because, you know, when you think about the history of, of online publishing and ads and how all mm-hmm. these things fit together, you know, and then today how people just ha- finally have the tools. And it's weird. It's, I, I equate this to the NFL, to be honest, because back in the old days of, of football, they had very minimal padding. They had a lot like what the rugby right. guys wear today. They had these thin leather helmets. And if and when they had pads, there was like knee pads. So you don't hurt your knees when you go down on the ground and elbow pads. But now they've got know. like body armor. Oh, it's full armor. It's full, yeah. full on armor. And the whole thing about that is that it was designed to decrease injuries because as the game became more popular and the people who played it became more athletic, they got stronger and faster and they, and they got bigger and they got bigger and they were hurting each other. So they assumed a steady state of bioavailable injury. Yeah. And what, you know, the response to that was, well, we need to make better padding, but the, the padding had the armor had a negative effect, which is people went even harder then. Yeah. And, and so you have a situation now where they're really just going full out all the time, really hurting themselves, even with the armor. And I feel like the, the web advertisement stuff is almost like the same thing in that we started out and ads were very unobtrusive initially. You might have that one banner that was that certain size and you'd have like one at the top and one below the fold and that was it. And then of course you had the deck with their nice little square unobtrusive ads and no people were all right with that but then they started realizing that you know maybe maybe there's a way to like do more maybe we could be more in their face so we'll make bigger ads and we'll make the the skyscraper ads that are tall and run the whole length of the thing and that, then that already that feels like that feels like a lifetime ago that it was it that does simple. i know and then but then people started to get smarter than that and say well now we're gonna have like a thing that's like a, a modal that slides down over the page and you can't get rid of it it stays there and slides away and all these other things to sort of distract and so then people started the regular people started to say well, this sucks and they came out with ad blockers and then the ad blockers started to block some of these ads and they figured out ways around that. And now we can do, you know, pop-up ads on these. And so the fact that now we have these tools to essentially turn off many or most of the ads, now they have to figure another way to, to get us. And that's like, well, you're not getting the full content or you're not going to get the discount. So now you have to sign up because we can't shove this stuff in your face and control your time the way we used to. Now we've got to like put it into a newsletter to make you go mm-hmm. look at that. And, and, you know, and it just, it keeps getting worse. And the more defense in the form of our armor padding that we come against the ads, the, the more aggressive they become. Imagine what life is like for the folks who have no pads. Exa- exactly. Not you know, even. The, as they say, the, the digital divide. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I was thinking about this last night. We were watching the Warriors game. And it's, you know, it's difficult not to notice how many things, like the comically large number of things that have some kind of sponsorship. And I mean, that starts with Oracle Arena. Uh, but then you've got uh, like uh, Rakuten, which I think is some kind of Chinese store, is on their uniform. Mm-hmm. They've got an ad on their, on their uniform. But then, like, you know, as, and this is not, unless you're a, somebody like me who doesn't watch much sports ball, you may not be up to date on how many things like have a sponsorship. Like, this replay will have a sponsorship. This ad is brought to you by Toyota or whatever. You know, it's like, it gets, it gets so deep and so meta. And I found myself thinking, like, well, like, kind of reverse engineering. 
I just idly thinking as I waited for the commercial to end, mm-hmm. because Hulu won't let you fast forward to mm-hmm. the commercial. Um, idly thinking, um, there, there's a whole team of people. Like, in order to get the name of that Chinese store on the jersey, like, you've got to get the high quality version of the logo and get it embroidered. You've got, you know, like, all the way, all the way up to, like, how that deal was struck. Like, and, you know, the kinds of provisions, like, okay, if something happens and there's an error, is, does it involve a make good? Like, somebody's administering every one of those logos, what it cost, how it was presented, like, reviewing probably in the same way that, like, you know, people go into movie theaters to see how people react to trailers and ads. And I don't know, it's just, I wonder how many people have the job of, like, monitoring how that stuff is deployed and exposed. And then I guess, of course, I wonder, like, how effective is it? I guess it's probably fairly effective in sports. Yeah, it must it must be effective. If somebody's be. paying for it. Yeah, but you know it's it's difficult, and you know I, I don't want to sound um, overly hypocritical because we have ads on this show. Um, I mean, I think we should mention that, <laughs> but um, that's how we make money on this show. But um, you do find yourself kind of wondering in the final reckoning, like what you know, <laughs> what is this in service of? Like it's just it's it's so overwhelming. And it's so – if I see that goddamn ad about the guy who likes to surf, there's a guy who surfs, and he doesn't just surf the water, Dan. He surfs the air. And every time this ad comes on, my daughter and I say, look at each other and say, I don't think he knows what surfing is. And like that ad is on. I don't know what it's for, but I'm angry every time it comes on. Like I said last week, the Hulu ad. That's probably not Hulu, what they're going for, is to have probably, you get get. Yeah, angry. but I'm talking about it. Oh. But like the in-house ads that Hulu jams into three times into every TV show, even though I'm supposedly on the commercial-free version. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything specific to say. But, but what I can say on a personal level, because Dan, ultimately, don't we want to bring it down to the personal level? Mm-hmm. It's still shocking to me how many people or entities, organizations, dedicate so much time to begging, like some amount of your attention. And we see it in the dumb emails that we get from non-listeners. It's just the thirsty, so thirsty. Yeah. And, you know, and like, what was the one we got? We got one. Oh, God, we got a dinger this week um, that I kind of almost want to read because it's just so stupid. But we get, I got a couple uh, like nice, you know, regular people emails. We've been getting lots of good emails. you got a lot of questions about your, your mosh style setup. Yeah, yep. Uh, bolt bus. We learned, <laughs> we learned about bolt bus. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. I was just checking in to see uh, if you saw my previous email offering you a guest for your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thanks and that's that. that. They're still, they still check in. They still want to check oh, yes. in all the time. I'm just, I'm just following up. I'm just writing to check back in to see. Yeah, did I didn't you get from my you. email? You okay, man? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I just really don't like the, and they're all, they all started doing that at the same time in the same way. And it's like someone, they all went to some marketing convention or they all saw the same webinar or something that said, mm-hmm. this is what you're supposed to do now, starting yeah, today. It's like, it's, it's like newsletter wisdom. It's right. like, here's a trick that, that works, you know? This is one, um, I'm actually going to say, because the names of the products are so stupid. I don't I'm care if you say, say it. it. Okay, is it, hey... I'm trying to spread the word about Vibravid and Beatscoin, which absolutely sound made up. Yes. I'm trying to spread the word about Vibravid and Beatscoin. B-E-A-T-Z, intercap C, coin. I think our mission fits with your production's theme of exploring the future of work. The Vibravid... The, 
The VibraVid platform will actually allow consumers to be paid to view content in ads and also allow artists to connect directly with their fans with no middleman siphoning off profits. Would you be interested in having a representative from VibraVid on your podcast or being interviewed on our own podcast? And there's a link to, to BeatsCoin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, really? We're exploring the future of work? Is that what we do? I guess that's what we do. It's just, you know, it's, it, you know, hope. Hope is the thing with feathers. You know, I got to quit having hope. Yeah. Yeah. Hope yeah. is hope is the little death that brings total they're, oblivion. It, they're grinding me down, Dan. They're really yeah, grinding I can, me down. I can hear it in your voice. Did you, um, I mean, this is a, this is a, um, this is an operational paper towel. Um, did, do you, do you want to talk more about your setup stuff on this episode of the podcast? I'd, I'd be happy to, if, if you think it's interesting and people want to yeah, hear it. Let's I'm just do a little, let's to, take a pause. Let's clear the air. Yeah. Let's get all the negative energy out of here. Yeah. Um, you know, what do they call I've, it? Smudging? Oh, we smudge. Like yeah. when you do a saging? Yeah. Yeah. Let's smudge. do that to the show. Smudge. Smudge is, smudge is a big word in our house. Smudge. Isn't Look that the name fudge. of uh, what's her name's dragon in the new mutants? Oh, uh, Lockheed? Lockheed. I thought it was Smudge. Where's Smudge? There's a dragon called Smudge. That's a good name for a dragon. Dragon we, um, called Smudge. My wife, my wife recently did a cleanse. She did a three-day cleanse with this uh, bespoke local company that sends you this, uh, this juices and soups and stuff. And she did a three-day cleanse. Felt, felt great. She feels great. Yeah? She can't eat junk. She doesn't even want to eat junk food anymore. Um, but... My daughter and I, of course, said, okay, well, we want to do, if you're doing a cleanse and you're not going to eat with us like normal, mm-hmm. we want to do whatever the opposite of a cleanse is. <laughs> so I said, I said to my Amazon lady, hang on, look, right. let's see. Um, <clears throat> Alexa, what's the opposite of cleanse? I might have to say antonym. Sorry. Alexa, what's an antonym for cleanse? Cleanse's antonym is smudge. So, <laughs> did you hear? Mm-hmm. So when my wife did cleanse, we did smudge. I like that. <laughs> we decided, and we made. She made up an entire menu in pages and put it together. We're, we're going to have like like greasy hash brown breakfast, and then we're going to have Popeyes for lunch. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> smudge! That's great. Smudge bucket, smudge. Anyway, cleanse. cleanse. You know, it's not like a super weird cleanse. It's not like you know you're getting all the toxins out. It's more like you just don't eat junk for a few days and you eat healthy stuff. And yeah, it's a cleanse. Whatever. There's no vaginal eggs involved or anything. Oh. Well, that's a relief. Uh, we've got Bolt Bus. We got, I want to talk, I don't know what I have to say about this, but I've been making some slight tweaks in apps that I use. Ooh. We, we have uh, some follow-up and a really good question from listener Brian on distractibility that I really liked. I don't right. know if I saw that one. I'm sure I did. Let me, let me look up listener Brian. You want me to read you the URL? It's mail.google.com slash mail slash u slash zero slash pound sign search slash B2W2018. Oh, I found it. Okay, there it is. And then it's uh, FMFCGXV. Uh, yeah, that's the one. QC. Is uh, the subject line, uh, well, it's back to work feedback. Is it, is he from? It's listener uh, Brian, Brian. And it's like a five or six paragraph email. Yeah. With a little bulleted list at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. I see it. I got it. Beat, beats coin. Beats, what's it called? Beats vid? <laughs> Viber coin? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm Robert Coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you about my ICO. I went and looked at their website. It's, it's something involving watching videos and exchanging tokens. 
<laughs> it might be the gift economy. Anyway, we're clearing the negative air. Yeah. Uh, should we kick things off uh, in the most hypocritical way possible by thanking uh, one of our sponsors? Ah, yeah. Why don't we do that? Let's tell say thank you. Tell me about something you like, Dan. I'll tell you all about a, one of our one of our longest running. Is it and, a tent pole? And most, yeah, I would say it's a tent pole. Tent pole. It's Fresh Books. Fresh Books. Fresh Books. These books, guys books. make invoicing. And things like invoicing, not just invoicing, but tracking expenses and getting paid online, they just make this super, super easy to do. And I don't know where to start with this because there's so many really great features that they have and so many that we actually use. And maybe that's where I'll start. I, I, so, I can jump in here. I'll jump in well, for do, real do quick. It, but let me make one thing. Uh, make one, it clear. One make it comment, clear, man. One comment about FreshBooks. There are tons of apps out there where I feel like when I'm when I sign up for them or when I use them that I'm I'm only taking advantage of maybe twenty percent of what they offer. Oh, and God, yes. I'm not. Sometimes it's because the features are hard to use. Other times it's because they just they don't apply to me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like FreshBooks is different, especially the the latest iteration of FreshBooks. They've really figured out the kinds of things that we need to do, and they've made it really easy to do them. And I really feel like I'm using the full range of what the app has to offer. And I feel like that 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 speaks to the value of the service. If there's if I'm paying, you know. Uh, if I'm paying money for something and, and you know, I'm not, I'm just not using the features. You start to like resent it. Like if you have, if you have Netflix and you only watch one show once every two weeks, you're like, well, what am I paying this money for? Yeah. What's wrong with me? Well, FreshBooks doesn't feel like that. I really do feel like I'm using all of the features, whether I'm, I'm out doing, you know, taking I use the app and I, I go out to a, a business lunch. You take a picture of the receipt with the app. It makes your claiming expenses easier. You know, you, you can send invoices. We're sending invoices all the time but the features that are tied into that letting you see when your client has received the invoice or, or the projects feature that they have that lets you share files with your clients your contractors your employees the notifications that it has the insight that it has all this stuff i'm really using it and and mm-hmm. that makes a difference to me because then when i notice my little invoice comes in for fresh books i'm like yeah you know what mm-hmm. where, where would i be without it so mm-hmm. please please add to that I'll, no, I'll keep it real short. I uh, I think there's a philosophical point about FreshBooks that I uh, I really appreciate. Um, let me tell you things FreshBooks can't do for you. FreshBooks cannot make people want to use your service and buy it and pay for it. It can't make people want to do that. Uh, it can't make people who are reluctant to pay you pay you. It, you can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. Here's what I love about FreshBooks. If you're working with another honest human being, and you have an arrangement with them where the valuable work will be done and they're going to you're going to give them money they're going to give you money fresh books makes it surpassingly easy for two decent people to have a transaction like they that. make it so easy well it's so easy cuz like there's no magic trick to this but here's what it comes down to is you say look I'm on fresh books I'm going to send you this invoice I'll see when your folks have looked at it <clears throat> so here's the terms please make sure you you know pay it on time and they say of course i'll pay is it okay if i pay with my credit card and you know what i say i say you pay with whatever you want because they got payment gateways invoicing is only part of what FreshBooks offers invoicing is what you put on the tin but i'm telling you that can of beans inside that's all about getting those cash dollars and they have these different payment gateways that make increasingly people often want to pay for small things with a credit card that's the way the world works Mm -hmm. if you're working with another decent human being I defy you to find an easier way. Short of exchanging wampum over a fire, there is no easier way to get paid than to use FreshBooks. Love it. 
So what our listeners should do is go to freshbooks.com slash back to work. And uh, that will give them, well, it'll just going there supports the show, but they don't even need to enter a credit card or anything like that. They can sign up. They get the full uh, unrestricted 30 day free trial. So this isn't like a, a, a watered down light version of the software. It's everything. You get all the features that we talked about and then the ones we didn't talk about. You can try it out for free for 30 days. And when you're ready to sign up, you use the promo code back to work, all one word back to work in the how did you hear about us section and uh we'll get credit for that and they'll know that you came from from here and uh, everyone will be happy so freshbooks.com slash back to work go check it out and uh, we appreciate their super long-term ongoing support temple buck buck thanks freshbooks uh we could probably open if you want if you're prepared to talk about it we could talk about your your ongoing journey and we got a lot of nice uh, detailed notes from people who are also trying to do various development yeah. things on an ipad um would you want to address that sure maybe, maybe a little background and then where we're at right now yes uh so the the short background would be um i guess has it been a month about a month ago maybe it was more i can't keep track i don't know what day it is or what time it is it's Tuesday. It's the optimistic it's day. The Two optimistic. or three weeks ago, you you shared with people uh, the environment that you've set up on your iPad and various tools and services that you're using uh, may not enable the full complement of development stuff you could do on a Mac, but a surprising amount of development work you can do on your iPad. Our listeners have responded to that. Other people are very much trying to do the same thing, and they've sent in some comments and some options. Well, yes, and uh, the 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 biggest thing that i've got from people the biggest request or the biggest uh please share more is about how how one can actually do the development work for something like rails or php or something like that and the the reason why these are different is essentially you have an entire framework behind the scenes so you've got the code that you're writing that's easy. You can do that in any kind of text editor. So that's, there's nothing people are like, of course you can write code on an iPad. What's the big, you know, of course you can. Yes, of course you can write the code, but testing the code or actually. Say, the problem is they say it in that voice. They use that voice. And they're always using that voice. But ooh, what ooh. you want to do is you want to have an, an, the entire stack, the full development stack, which means the database layer, the web server, and, uh, and, and all of the other supportive technologies that you might use. For example, if you let someone upload an image, there has to be image processing. And there's tools and utilities that go into that as one example. And of course, you can't do all of this on an iPad because iOS is not designed to let you do that. On the Mac, you can just open up Terminal. And if you want to compile and install stuff, you can. There's Homebrew to make it super easy. On Windows, you have the, I think it's called, the people keep correcting me. I think it's called the Windows subsystem for Linux or the Linux subsystem for Windows. I don't care. It's, it's a wonderful system with a terrible name. But what it lets you do is essentially install and run a full stack Linux on your Windows machine. So this is that's how I was doing development on the Surface uh, Pro when I was doing it that way. And how many, many Rails developers and and Python developers and PHP developers are doing it on Windows these days. It's, it's wonderful. And you can have your database system of choice. You can have the web server of choice. You've got the full stack there. So it's, it's wonderful. But of course, on the iPad, you don't have that. You can't do that because although it might be a Unix system deep, deep beneath the scenes there on, on iOS, there's no way to sort of shell out to that. So the solution that uh, someone had presented to me that I'd tried in the past and, and tried again with some of their suggestions was to 
you can get you can basically get your full development system set up on a remote machine. Like I use a Linode uh, $5 a month Linode server where I have my full development environment set up. I have a database there. I have everything that I would want to use there. And the way that this person is doing it is they were connecting remotely from their iPad to their server and doing development in essentially what you can think of as like a terminal window. Uh, instead of using a regular like native text editor, they were using Vim with a whole bunch of uh, tweaks and things added onto it. So you can do what is essentially like tabbed uh, tabbed browsing. You can have multiple windows open at one time inside of Vim and and edit and, and do everything. Of course, there's a big learning curve with Vim, especially if you're coming from something like TextMate or Atom or one of these other... Um, the, these other visual and, and local native text editors. But once you get past that little bit of a hurdle, that learning curve, you can be pretty effective in Vim. And I know people that use Vim locally instead of those other editors. Uh, and they, they, they can make Vim dance like you wouldn't believe. So that's what this one guy was doing. And the tool that he was doing to do that is called Mosh, M-O-S-H, which is an it uses SSH, which is the way that you connect remotely to m- most machines these days. That stands for Secure Shell. And it's highly encrypted, and it's secure, and it allows you to connect to your remote Unix or Linux workstation. Well, this guy is using a utility like that called Mosh, which does a couple of things. The, the main thing that it does is it's, uh, or the, the biggest value I see is that it is very tolerant of things like disconnects, whereas SSH or other protocols are not. So if your internet connection gets shut down for a few seconds or a little bit longer, you can lose that connection. That would be bad if you were you know, in the midst of writing code and had a bunch of windows and things open in your Vim session and all that stuff. That would be bad. So the way that Mosh makes this better is it is fault tolerant. So you can actually like turn your iPad off or go away from it for a while and the connection will stay connected even over long periods of time. And it, it mosh sort of piggybacks on an SSH connection. So initially it behind the scenes, it makes an SSH connection. Then on the server and locally, it spawns a new mosh process on a new port. They talk to each other over the new port and then you can reconnect to that later on. The other thing that somebody wanted me to point out and they said, what makes mosh so magical is that it, uh, the client, uh, in particular, Blink is the one that is recommended. I'll try and put that into the show notes. Uh, Blink is the name of the iOS app for uh, for doing Mosh. It also does SSH. It does other things. So it's more than the, the app that I've been using was called Prompt. It's by our friends over at Panic, uh, and I've been using Prompt for forever. I didn't even know about Mosh recently or, or Blink. Like I'd heard of it, but I hadn't tried it. But Blink is uh, the client that I use to, or that he uses and I use to make that, that Mosh connection. But what his point was, what one of the listeners was saying is, what's magical about it is that it buffers your input. It buffers everything. So that instead of having that frustrating experience of you type a L and then you wait a second and then it shows up on the screen, S and then you wait a second and it shows up on the screen, space and you wait a second and it shows up on the screen. Yeah. Instead of that, it buffers it. So that as you type, it's showing up on your oh, screen, almost like the way autosave works. Yeah, a or lot like, like that. Like, I'm thinking about like when I'm using Marked to uh, preview documents, and I'll, I'll I'll make a change, and then like I pause for a minute, and it updates the mm-hmm. uh, the view. 
Yeah, That's instead cool. of instead of having to wait, it's it's in, you you get the feedback of the typing instantly. You might it, you might then hit return, and it might take it a second to send it if you're on a slow connection. But the visual feedback, the the feedback you get, feels instantaneous, and that makes it feel like things are faster, even though they might be slower behind the scenes. You as a user don't feel that same frustration. So um, that's another big benefit of it. I've had another uh, group of people who have written in to say, well, Dan, you haven't talked about screen. You need to talk about screen. Yeah, screen does screen everything that Mosh does, but it doesn't. S- but s- Screen enables you to have like multiple sessions that I remember using this back in the day in the terminal. It's a pretty neat thing for like, is it multiple sessions that stay open while you're working? Yeah, basically one of the problems that people run into all the time when you are connected to a remote machine, and, and I suppose even, even on your own local machine, is you might want to start up a process or, or start doing some work and you'll find that for whatever reason you need to disconnect or that window or your machine crashes or some, something Mm -hmm. happens where you lose the connection to that terminal window that you have open, whether it's locally or on a remote machine. And uh, I'm not saying your whole, you know, if you're doing something locally and your machine reboots, yeah, there's no saving that. But if you're working on a remote machine, what screen lets you do is you run screen and it basically, for lack of a better term, I would say it fools the computer into thinking that your session is still open even when it's closed. So what this allows you to do, let's say that you're working on that remote server and you're sitting there at work and you're typing your commands in, but you ran screen ahead of time. You type screen and then it just you're just back at a regular screen, like nothing seems to have happened. But now there are these little control keys that you can use, like control A to to get a, you know, I, I forget them all to be honest because I don't use screen that much, but there's these little control sequences you can do that allow you to spawn a new session or switch to an existing one. But the point is, you could be typing something and doing some work, and then you say, oh, you know what? I've now I've got to go and pick my kid up from school. So you close your laptop, you throw it into your bag, and uh, and you detach the screen before you do this. Then when you get back, you can reattach that screen through another SSH connection that you've made from home. So it allows these things to preserve. It allows things, long running processes can run in the background and think that they're still open. So that's another really useful tool that you can use as well to do the similar thing. So with those things as a combination, it makes it very possible to, to work. That's not what I'm doing now. Um, what I'm doing is what we talked about last week, which is, and I've still found this to be effective. It's not, it's not the easiest thing to do in the world, but this is what I'm doing is when I want to do some coding and do some work, um, I will, uh, I will use Textastic with the working copy as the source, which is basically what allows me to edit code that is stored essentially in GitHub. Then when I make a change, I, I push the change up with GitHub and then on the remote server, I will pull that change down with just a quick git pull and then I will be able to access that in the browser remotely as it's running because essentially I kind of have it in running in development mode so the changes are picked up instantly I don't need to redeploy anything I don't need to do anything like that it's one extra little step to test stuff but it's no big deal if I'm in that situation where I'm I don't have a computer I just have the iPad I wouldn't recommend that for like a primary thing I think if you want to use an iPad as your primary coding system then the other way we describe would probably be better but in a pinch if i'm just needing to like write some code and 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 deploy something real quick fixing a bug or whatever 
gosh, that's much better than going to get your computer out and te- and doing everything and doing, you know, this, this just works. So that's awesome. That's been what I've been it's, up It's for. nice that there's options. I still think that the biggest thing holding the iPad back from truly being uh, a, a, a full-time device for a lot of people, not for everyone, because like for my wife, and I know we've talked about your, your family uses it too. Like that's her, that's her computer of choice, you know, same for my son. Yep. I, I, I have, uh, I think I mentioned this too. There's an, a Logitech um, keyboard folio for the uh, iPad Air 2 kind of time frame. That's what he has. And I gave him that. Oh my God, he loves it. Like this is his, this is the only thing he ever wants to use and he can do everything on it. But think about a situation like this. I was working with a developer um, and we're working on the new version of the stats uh, stuff, podcast stats for Fireside. And um, we'd come up with kind of a new way to store the stats and it's, it's really great. And uh, he works for like IBM big, big data. So he, he knows what he's doing. And he said, oh, you know, I've sent you a sample of this table with some data on it, and uh, here you go. And he sent it over Slack, and of course, I'm, I'm a pro, so I'm using the Slack app on iOS. And Okay, so what do I do with that? It's a tar gzip file. Mm-hmm. What do I do with that on my iPad? Nothing. There's basically nothing I can really do with that. I can't load that data anywhere. I don't have an application that lets me easily view that data. Maybe there is one. Okay, how do I unzip a tar GZ file? Is can I do that somehow like with Dropbox? Is there a utility to do it? Where is it going to save it? Can I get access <laughs> to that in another in another application or is that going to be sandbox? Like I, I'm sure there's a way. I know there's someone listening who's like I do that all the time. Well, I'm sure you do, but like <laughs> there's that voice again. <laughs> yeah, but it's not obvious to me how I would do that as somebody who's only been using computers every day since 1980. Um, it's not obvious to me how to do that on an iPad. Of course, I know how to do that everywhere else, uh, mm-hmm. but not on the iPad because we don't really have a file system on the iPad and and I can't really use even a basic utility like more or cat mm-hmm. or less or anything that I might want to do to just sort of inspect the contents of a file, let alone load it into a database. Forget that. You know, like what what do I do with that? Where do I put that? How do I manage that? I mean, all everything you're describing, uh, my closest analogy that comes straight to mind is camping. It's like when you go camping, you do a lot of stuff like you would do at home, but you do it so differently and in such a constrained way. Mm. And there's a lot of, well, no, I just mean like, for example, like, you know, you can, we make bacon and eggs when we go camping and it's real easy because we got, we got the camp stove and we got the pan. Do you do Um, it in like a nice cast iron pan? I don't bring cast iron. We do a uh, usually one of our old Calphalons. Nice, up. awesome. But you know, but no, no. I, I only mean in the sense of like the analogy for me is you can do a lot of stuff like you would do at home, but you need to remember you're camping. You are primarily camping, and you need to plan ahead, and you need to accept limitations. You need to make accommodations. You don't want to camp forever. At some point, you want to go home and be able to make a rib roast in the sous vide. Mm-hmm. You can't do that when you're camping unless you're an insane person. True. So like, I'm just saying, like, you know, you could glamp. You could go and like Tom Haverford, like, you know, bring a TiVo and like a soft serve machine and all that stuff. But at that point, you've kind of broken the idea of camping. Mm-hmm. And iPads for people who are trying to do certain 
boy, I'm about to get myself in so much trouble. Yes, the iPad is a various tool for people doing lots of things. But to do full stack development on it, you're going to have to do some very advanced camping. Yeah, very, very. And you don't, maybe you don't want to. Like maybe instead you say, well, this is the camping version of development. What can I do on here that's sensible? You know, and you know, you can do almost anything with an iPad, but sometimes it does require extraordinary amounts of stretching. Mm -hmm. And, and really kind of, I mean, you're, at that point, you might as well just go home. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the thing, though. But there is, there must be a sweet spot. And, and, and let's be honest, it's certainly not because of a lack of power. We've seen in the stats, like, that you basically, if, if Apple allowed it, you could run Mac OS on an iPad. It would have no problem with that. It's just it doesn't have the same, you know, anything in some ways as a Mac. You don't mm-hmm. have, you can't have a mouse on there. There's all kinds of stuff you can't do. But yeah, I mean, it just seems to me like in, in that analogy, it's sensible to say like at what point, at what point am I trying to utilize this iPad and at what point has this become like a parlor trick? Where somebody like dares you to do something on an iPad, you find a way <laughs> to run tail on your gzip, and like now you're like the coolest guy on the campground. Yeah, but that's that's not really how you want to live. You want to find it what's most useful for it. But like this is why carpenters have more than one tool. Like there's times when you need you need you could get the uh, my grandfather had one of those uh, drills. How do you describe it? It's like the handle. And you like you turn it around, and it's like a crank. Oh, I know, know exactly what you're talking about with the little transverse the cool, gear on like, the side. Wooden handle, yes, and all that stuff. I, I, yes. But like you know, I've got a cordless drill that we power up and use twice a year, and it it cuts that particular task, the time on that task, by like a tenth. Mm-hmm. You just like I had to put some holes in a um, a new pot we got for a plant that didn't have holes, and so I just powered up the drill, zoo, 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 and I'm done. It was like a two minute operation. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, and I'm taking you off topic, but like, I do think it's important to understand like um, the the point at which you are trying to do a parlor trick. Does it really just make more sense for you to be doing it someplace else, or do yeah. you just bring a laptop? Yeah, but but it's going to be fun to watch what happens. You know, I I feel like one of the things that always shocks me is I learned that for a lot of people, the cell phone is their main way that they use the internet. Like they're doing their browsing, their email, they're doing it all with that. They don't have... I'm nearly positive that is true internationally. Yeah. And I bet it is fairly true for the fat middle part of the adoption curve. I bet that's true for non-at-the-office stuff. That's their computer. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And like, that's crazy to me. Like I'm still my whole focus is like keyboard mouse trackpad type thing and and even using the ipad it's a it is a secondary device for me it is i never think of it i i unless it's something that's like i want to just browse or i want to watch something just myself or you know whatever like those are the kinds of things i think about using the ipad for i rarely Mm. think i'm going to get some work done i'm going for the ipad i think if i was a writer uh, that would be a completely different experience because by default, you've got that wonderful sort of distraction free experience with, mm-hmm. with an iPad where, where, why wouldn't you want to use or that? Or even a, a certain kind of artist, like, yeah, like absolutely. Artist who draws like all that stuff, but to just bring in another totally inappropriate analogy, you know, it's almost like, um, app user is to developer as movie fan is to a uh, movie editor mm-hmm. where like, well, what do we call work? Like, what do we talk about when we talk about work? We talk about uh, Raymond Carver, but um, no, what the, uh, in that case, like, yeah, you can use, use, use all these different apps. You can't make the app on the iPad. You can watch, 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 watch any movie. There's no constraint on movie and TV watching on an iPad. And I have to tell you, like, 
I mean, it's just so crazy where you can watch stuff. Now, this week I, I configured our Amazon show to be able to play Hulu. So, once again, something that Apple stuff doesn't do. I can just say in the air, hey, Dingus, play MSNBC um, on Hulu. And it just pulls it right up on the Amazon show. Mm-hmm. But I can't make a movie. I can't really, really, yeah, sure, advanced camping. I could make a movie. You can make a movie. But, like, that's not the best use of tools for your team to be using at this point. I'm sure at some point Dr. Wave will come up with something, come up with something that enables people to have an entire pipeline that could all be done on iOS. Right. That, that could happen. But... You know, I, iOS is going to become more like macOS. macOS could become like more like iOS. Like, you know, you just you got to know when you're. You got to know when you're. I keep using that phrase parlor trick, but like you know, sometimes the, part of knowledge work, as we've said, this goes back to Peter Drucker. Knowledge work is not only doing the work; it's also defining what the work is. And when you're defining what the work is, you have to be sensible about what it is you're trying to accomplish or what tools and methods are needed in order to do that. Part of your expertise is not simply that you're able to turn the widget. It's like knowing whether that widget should be turned in that particular way. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a big part of what you do. But certainly, I mean, this is going to continue to be super interesting to watch. Do you, do you think there'll be advances in this over the next year? Well, in terms of what you can do with development on an iPad? I. This is something I wonder a lot myself. I don't know the answer to that. I often wonder because I'm, and the reason is I'm very confused about what. Apple thinks the iPad is more and more. The message really seems to, they they seem to be saying this is your computer now, not this is a laptop replacement, but this is the device you want. This is, you can, you can do your stuff on this device. And I found that it's interesting because, you know, Microsoft with the, with the surface pro and the surface go and these, these other ones, they have very much said, this is your new laptop. This is the laptop that you want, or this is the newest technology. This is the thing that you want. Whereas Apple's message has never really been, this is a laptop replacement. Although there's lots of people who are saying that or saying mm-hmm. it can be, or it should be, or it depends on what you're trying to do. Like yeah. it is a, it's absolutely a laptop replacement for maybe 60% of what people use. But that 40% right. is a big percent. Like there's stuff you just can't, won't, don't want to do on there. But, so I, I mean, don't, don't know, you but think part of it is that they're, 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 they're looking at consumers. Yeah, for a consumer, very much. It's a replacement for your laptop. I think it can be. I think it could be a replacement for almost everything that a regular human being would want to do. And you say, oh, well, I like to use a keyboard. Okay, like Bluetooth keyboard. There you go. You're done. Oh, I want to upload pictures from my camera. Sure, go ahead. I want to expand yeah. the hard drive. Can't do that. Uh, but right. there's a lot of other things that you can do that an, a normal person, are they thinking, well, I want to like have an external hard drive to like archive stuff off of? No, because there's another answer. The answer is use iCloud, right? Or use Google <laughs> Photos or whatever. Right. So there, there's an answer that doesn't involve plugging in a hard drive. You might not like that answer, but that there is one. So, you know, I don't really know. And I, I because I'm not sure what Apple's real goal is, I can tell you it seems like their goal is not make this a great platform for, you know, uh, Python or Rails developers. Like, I can I can tell you that that's not high on their list of things to do because I also know that beneath the surface, there is there are Unix underpinnings under there. And if they wanted mm-hmm. to make it possible for us to compile something, gosh, they would make an Xcode with a GCC compiler in there and they'd, they'd let us have a, a prompt, a shell prompt, and then we could run commands because those, that, that subsystem, that infrastructure is there. We could get to it if they wanted us to. But gosh, there are people who are still complaining about the Springboard launcher that 
that that the iPad deserves a better launcher yes. than we have. There are people who want access, direct access to the file system. So I don't really know. I don't know what their goal is. I think they're trying to sh- to provide us with something that is an alternative way to compute and that, that this is it and that there are certain things that you want to do with it and certain things that you don't. But this is the first time historically that I can think of, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's the first time in history where we have a device that is in, in that is so much like a computer and yet it is intentionally intentionally limited they could give us access to that stuff but they've chose to not do that the very first yeah. thing that i remember when uh mac os 10 first came out of beta and you could go to a store and buy a machine and the machines came with mac os 10 on them and I was visiting a friend in North Carolina, and he was a, a Cisco engineer type guy. And he uh, he was, you know, complaining about his old, you know, Dell laptop or whatever, and saying I, he didn't know what to get. And I said, I said you should consider a Mac. He's like, you know, I don't want to do that. Like, you can't do anything with a Mac. And I said, sure, you can. And I handed him mine, and I it was a uh, you know one of the MacBooks. And I opened up a terminal. I said, try stuff, do whatever you want. And he started typing commands and he was blown away. And literally an hour later, we got in the car and drove to the Apple store and he bought one. (laughs) Because for him, this was like, wait a second, I get a beautiful graphical user interface. I get all these great other tools and applications that, that that are great, you know, just all around good. He said, but I also get all of these Unix tools. I can compile and run all these Unix tools right from a shell and then close it and use a beautiful browser and use GarageBand. Like, heck yes, I want to do that. And that was a huge selling point for a lot of the nerds that I was friends with. I remember going to the first RailsConf and I was just flat out blown away by everywhere I looked. There were People on Mac laptops. I couldn't that, believe it. Was that it. time, and I think of people like Ben Trott, but people who yeah. had been Unix developers doing Perl or whatever mm-hmm. on on Unix probably. And we had to know. suffer with crap user interfaces too. Or, or right. no no ability to even have a laptop. If you got if back in those days, if you were able to get Linux running on a on a laptop, like you really knew your stuff. And you were also super patient and willing to deal with a lot of crap. It's you know part of this is uh, just uh, to add one other quick I don't want to belabor this but one other slightly more consumery spin on this the difference between the small iPad well the normal size iPad Pro iPad Pro and the big iPad Pro is somewhat profound like when I pick up my smaller size previous generation iPad Pro the home screen doesn't seem weird to me right like it's because like now you can have more stuff down in the dock I mean the the icons do get comically small, but that's kind of cool that you can have all your go-to stuff and stuff you want to do the multi-window stuff with all down there. Um, but I have to tell you, when I took my larger iPad Pro out and plugged it in, I do have to say that like, I see why people want a different, a different OS for the large iPad, mm-hmm. which sounds crazy. But like, I'm here to tell you, like, the 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 way the way the number of like icons and way you put icons on that home screen is comical 
on on a laptop or on a uh, iPad that size. Yeah. It looks silly yeah. that you can only put that much stuff on there in that way. On an iPhone, it 100% makes sense. If you're using an old iPhone, it totally makes sense that you have that many, the number of icons that are on that screen in the way they're presented. Um, but you can't, you can't, you know, arrange them, uh, into like little areas and stuff. I guess you have folders, but that's weird. Uh, the other thing that's weird though is typing. Typing with my thumbs, I cannot tell you how terrible. I love this new iPad. I love the large size of it for viewing things, mm-hmm. but it's garbage for typing on. I'm dropping letters all the time with this thing because I've got like normal sized hands and that stuff doesn't go. <laughs> so like in that case, like we, but then I, then the other angle on this is I heard an ad this week. I don't remember what for, maybe on the radio even, but it was an ad for like, you know, the best way to watch movies and the way that people like to watch movies is on their laptop. And this dumb Windows machine they're selling is the perfect way to watch movies. And I thought, is that really true? I mean, I know that some people, like people like Mike Hurley, like will watch a movie on a laptop, but I'll bet he'd much rather watch it on either on this end, the iPad, or on that end, the big TV. Right. If you had to choose to watch a, watch a movie, would you want to watch it on your phone? Like if, if you had to force rank, yeah, your your iPhone, even if it's a big iPhone, your iPhone, an iPad of any size, your desktop, or the giant TV. I got to tell you, far and away, number one would be I would, all the things being equal, wa- want to watch it on a fifty five inch TV. But my number two would be the iPad. My number three would be the desktop, and my number four would be the phone. And I think that is not unique no. in its weirdness. Definitely there are so unique. many other things. Think about development. Do you want to develop on your phone? Not really. I'd really rather be on my Mac. Okay. Do you want to develop on your TV? No, I don't. iPad, maybe. So iPad comes in second after desktop. But desktop wins by so far, number one, that that's your preferred place to do that. So when we talk about all the different things people are doing, it's not even as simple anymore as saying desktop always wins because desktop doesn't always win. I'd rather not. Okay, Overcast, the way I listen to to podcasts. I don't know how y'all listen to podcasts. I would far away over anything else rather use, get this, Overcast on my phone. Because it's a similar enough interface on the iPad, but it's easier to manipulate and move around and throw to AirPlay from my phone. Now, uh, I could, I, there's no way to listen to Overcast on my TV. I could, unless I throw it with AirPlay. I could use the podcast app, gross, don't like the podcast app on Apple TV. I'm one of the weird people, though, who does listen to podcasts in the web interface on my desktop. Not my favorite way, but it is a way that I do it. I'm just here to say, like, if you think about any of the tasks most of us do, I would bet you, unless you are a super hardcore 60-year-old developer, there's not that many things that will, where one of those devices will always win. There are some things I would rather do on a device, th- this device, rather than that device. And isn't that kind of an interesting time for us? Th- I mean, does that make sense? That, that feels kind of profound to me. Because in the same way that it's difficult to say, somebody comes to you and says, what Mac should I buy? And you're like, Jesus, where do I even begin? There's like three levels of questions to that. Like, well, what is it you're trying to do? What is your budget? What's likely to change? Like, should you buy a HomePod now? Mm, mm, I don't know, because that's going to change soon. But like in the same way, you can't categorically recommend pretty much any kind of device to somebody without a lot more information. How, how are they going to force rank all the things they want to do? First, how do you rank the things you want to do with your device? And then how do you force rank what device you prefer to do that with? I think that's such a complicated question. We get so caught up in all of the, the, the stats and the history and what this thing should do. Well, the emerging, the emergent uses of all these devices are still changing very rapidly. And I don't think most of our brains have caught up with how complicated a, a question that is for most people. It really is. It really is. And I think we're still so early on in what computers are, are and what they'll be. Like, 
we think of computers as being old. We think of computers as being around forever, but they're still so new. And we're still figuring out. I was reading Horace Dedu, friend, friend of the show, Horace Dedu. Friend of had, the network. Yeah, he had, he had written something, and I think they were talking about it on, um, on one of the, his recent episodes. I would have to try to find it because I don't remember exactly when. It, gosh, it might have even just been a tweet that he put out there. Yeah, maybe it was. But he was talking about <clears throat> how hands down, uh, no pun intended, um, you know, y- using 10 fingers on a glass surface to manipulate things, move things around for so many tasks that that's just flat out better for a lot of things. Um, except for typing except well yeah except for typing but you know if yeah, you think oddly, and oddly enough the thing you most think you would need 10 fingers for on a computing device is typing which, which is just garbage on a glass screen yeah it really is and but like, um, for, imagine like being able to do like minority report stuff like it's crazy what you could do with all those fingers yeah you can really and you can if, if you're if you're rendering things if you're drawing if you're manipulating things like that like just watching that new icon factory has this did we talk about this icon factory's no. new drawing app is this Linnea? Linnea, that's the that's the yeah, one. Yeah, he has a new. F- I haven't played with it yet, but the new feature sounds really cool. Oh, there's so many cool things about this. It's called a Linnea Sketch, and I'm putting it in the show notes right now. And it's not scary to use. No, it really some of the isn't. new apps are are so sophisticated. I feel like I paid twenty dollars for one of these apps, and I don't deserve it, and I'm scared <laughs> to use it. But Linnea is so straightforward. It's great. You give a kid a pencil and, and uh, an Apple pencil and an iPad, and that app. It's, it's glorious. Too. It really, really is. Do your, do, I got it in there. Do yourself a favor and just go to this website and look at all the cool... Are they sponsoring? Shame on them for not sponsoring. Shame um, on you, Craig. Yeah. You're a tall man, but you're a cheapskate. Sponsor our Super show. Super cheapskate. Coward. He is. He's afraid of it. He's afraid that he'll get more Linnea than you know, two downloads a day to crash their server. But you can do... So many great things with this Best app. use of palettes I've ever seen on an iPad. It's so cool. You can, and, and so like, I'm not even close to an artist at all, but this thing makes you kind of feel like one because mm-hmm. it's so fun to do stuff. And the new feature that they've added that's so fun is if you draw, like let's say you draw a circle, right? Right. They call them zip shapes. Zip, zip shapes. If you draw a circle, you, when at the end of your circle, Pause there. Don't lift up the pencil. Just pause. Just to be clear here, it feels like you're using, just so we're clear, it feels like you're using a painting tool. Yeah. Like you're doing a crazy ass looking circle that's ain't no circle. <laughs> yeah. Right? right? Yes. But if you pause. It figures that it's a circle and it turns it into a perfect circle. Snaps it into the proper shape. Same thing for a triangle and a square. And I haven't tried like octagons, but maybe it detects, o- it, if it doesn't detect octagons, Craig, then Craig, shape, get shape on, on it. Craig. Octagon detection. But maybe it does. But uh, all these other shapes, you draw it and it just zip and it turns it. My daughter was blown away by this. She couldn't believe it because, you know, she wants the eyes to be, you know, circular. And now all of a sudden it was making them circular for her. It was super cool. But it's like, I don't, I don't even draw. And I, when I, when I watched this video, I was like, oh, I really want to try that. And I it's know. five bucks, four ninety nine for this application. It lets you, do, I, you can just use it for, for just drawing and just taking notes and just brainstorming stuff. Even if you're not some fancy, oh yeah, no crap, it does. Look at that. Even in their little, I went to the, um, to the, uh, the app store version mm-hmm. of it, and it shows they've drawn some kind of weird shape. It looks like a, a bird's beak or a flat. Pac-Man, and it did convert it into straight lines. <laughs> so it, I bet it is going to do it for octagons too. So mm. this just is such a fun, cool app. 
So I think we can agree technology is a land of contrast. Uh, we're at 55 minutes. You want to tell me about something else you like? Oh, yeah. You know what I would like to tell you about? It's a new, a new sponsor for us. And this a lot of people have heard about what I'm about to tell you about, which is the new Palm phone. Palm phone. And this is something that came out. And I feel like a lot of people, they really didn't know exactly what to make of this thing. Because what when you look at it, it is a tiny, tiny little phone. It's 3.8 inches tall. 1.99 inches wide and it's super thin and flat. It's basically the size of a credit card. And I kept seeing it in pictures and I was like, does this person just have super giant hands? Are they a monster? Is it Andre the Giant's hand that they're using? But that's how small this phone really is. It is super, super tiny. And a lot of people said and say, well, what, what is this? What am I looking at here? But, you know, we've talked about over and over again on this show how phones have completely intertwined themselves into our every waking moment. You know, you see everyone is, they're hunched over their little device, they're at dinner, and you look around at the table and everyone's sitting there looking at their little devices. You go out on, on a date with your, uh, with your uh, special lady or your lady friend, and you know what? Both of you wind up sitting there looking on the phone. And this is the thing. We, we want to stay connected, but we don't want to be consumed by it. And that's, that's really where the Palm comes in. It's, an, it's not a replacement for your smartphone. Uh, instead, it's a way to still stay connected, but still be present in the real world in, in a way that is familiar to us, not in something that you must wear on your body at all times. It's something you can put in a pocket. You can put it, you can, uh, you know, if you go uh, exercise, you can keep this thing with you there. And the fact of the size that is so, it is just so small. When I showed this to my kid, he's like, how the how is it so small? It's got uh, it's got two cameras. It's got a full fledged version of Android on there. So you've got the full Google Play app ecosystem. Like any Android app, you can install it if you want to, or you cannot install it, which is the beauty of the thing. It's got four G. It's got Wi Fi. It has all the mobility and capability of a smartphone. Uh, but in this amazing, really convenient format. And so what a lot of people are doing for this is they're, they're saying in any time where I need to be connected or I want to be connected, but I don't want to lose myself into what I'm doing, you can grab this thing. And it is the, the size is the most amazing thing. They have these, any like Verizon store in town, you should just go and check out the size of this thing because it is really remarkably small and amazing and it has like it has a launcher it has nice big icons in it and uh and and so it's it's super easy to use people would say oh it's so small will i be able to yes you'll be come on yes you'll be able to use it uh it's super practical it's super convenient and uh it lets you do those things that you want to do but the the form factor itself plays as a positive constraint to keep you from spend getting completely lost in this thing uh and you know we we do live in this world where sometimes getting a little bit of you did your merlin you were saying you did your anti detoxes your wife is doing the, the detox this is like a detox from the all the devices and the technology so, sometimes that i don't around. want to be available to the world and i don't want the world to be available to me mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying sometimes i, I don't i don't want to even be tempted by that onslaught 
Well, people need to go check this out. There is there. I still have a lot to say. Maybe I'll. I'm, I've been using mine for a few weeks now. I, I will have more to say about this in the future. But I really think there's there's a value here. I think it's really interesting. It's at palm.com. P a l m palm.com. You can go there to learn more. You can go to your nearest Verizon store to check it out for yourself. You're not going to believe how light and small it is. You need to see it in person. It's going to change your opinion on it, whatever you've you've thought about. So go to palm.com to learn more and uh, and go check this out. And thanks very much to Palm for making the show possible. Thanks, Palm. Buck, buck. I go way back with Palm. I want to mention something. Uh, I was I was going to interrupt you and make that segment even longer, your previous segment, mm. but I didn't want to do that. Um, but I was reminded of something. This is... Okay, so this starts out as being this thing that vaguely involves uh, quantum computing, but that was too derailing. So I'm just going to say a recommendation, a recommendation. I think you guys should check this out. I wish there was more things like this. On YouTube, there is a series by Wired, the, uh, the, the magazine from the 90s. They have a series, currently six videos, called Five Levels. Have you seen Five Levels, any of their videos? I don't think so. Five levels. Okay, where's the one I really love? Is it Herbie Hancock? Yeah, okay. Five levels is that somebody comes along, uh, somebody who's an expert at something, is going to take a difficult, you know, a difficult, a complicated concept and explain it to five different people at five levels of expertise. So in this case, explaining, um, uh, in this case, I think it's, it's explaining harmony. Yeah, explaining the uh, concept of harmony in music to a child a teenager, a college student, a professional musician, and Herbie Hancock. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And, well, I mean, spoiler alert, what I love about each of these people is they, they don't make the topic feel diminished by explaining it in a way that someone can understand. So they start out talking to a little kid. So what are some of these? A neuroscientist, a biologist, a virtual reality engineer, a blockchain expert. That one's kind of silly. Um, the quantum computing one is super interesting. Explaining quantum computing to a child, a teen, a college student, a grad student, and somebody else, a, a colleague, a peer of hers in quantum computing. Highly recommended. It's in show notes. Go check out Five Levels um, on YouTube uh, made by Wired. Levels. Um, Dan, where could people find show notes for episode... Oh, 404, 404. Not, found. not found. Well, then we're, they, they won't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> we could try. Yeah, try it. Good luck. Well, good luck. If you go to, uh, where do they go? 5by5.tv slash b2w slash 404. Right, right. Good luck finding yeah, it. Yeah, good luck. Mm. But uh, yes, that's where they can go to see the show notes. And I have um, I have uh, two recommendations real quick if we're, if we're wrapping up. Bring the ruckets. Well, yeah, yeah. I got, I got, I got a couple little, just a little odds and sods. Let's save listener Brian's question because we should save that for a proper yeah. uh, episode link discussion. Yeah, let's save that one. Give me, give me yours. What's your Rex? Um, okay. Well, the um, the recommendations that I have. The first one is, and I think you made this recommendation already, so I'm just seconding it. But if you haven't, mm-hmm. uh, then I'll make it. Is the Jack Ryan show on? Um, on Amazon Prime. Have you watched that? Is that the one you recommend? I watched some of it. Syracuse watched the whole thing and he said he thought it was pretty good. It's pretty good. It's exciting. I really like John Krasinski as an actor, yes. as a director. I really like, I didn't realize that I was as much of a fan of his as, as I have realized now. I think he's <laughs> just great. And as maybe a little man crush happening now. I agree. It's amazing that he has, 
you know, like you always think of William Shatner, right? Yes. As being, you, you say William Shatner, there's one role you think of. Yeah. And in his case, like you've just figured he would always be Jim. How would he ever get beyond right. Jim? But he's, he's done a good job between that and The Quiet Place. Like, you know, well, he's, he's doing good stuff out there. He's doing great stuff. And, uh, and so that's, that's my first recommendation. Obviously, if you haven't seen A Quiet Place, go see that. Uh, my wife hadn't seen it, so we just watched that again. That's a pretty good movie. This is a pretty good movie. I got some beefs. I got beefs yeah, with that, some of the I, conceptual stuff, but like, it's, it's, it is a very compelling movie. Yeah, and you the, can. The, the, the daughter, I think the daughter is fantastic. I she's great. She's adorable. If you try hard, you'll find plot holes and other issues well, with it. But if you just sit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have to try that hard. <laughs> if you just sit back just and enjoy it. that monster has very selective hearing. Yeah, yeah. If you, but if you just, just go the waterfall. sit what? back and enjoy it and let it let it wash over you. Yes. And it's fine. And no, well, I'll add the Rectives episode because John, of course, John, has so many notes about the bad parenting. <laughs> bad oh, parenting right. of a quiet place. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, just talk to the girl. Talk to her. Why do you let her feel like that for so long? For like the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie. Talk to her. You know what? She's laying alone in the forest on the floor by the grave. No big deal. Uh, no, but she's uh, fine. She's fine. I, I, you know, I, I assume she's fine. Yeah. She's old enough to take care of herself <laughs> in this in this new world. Oh, yeah, sure. She'll it's be fine. Yeah, I won't yeah. let my kid but cross the street unless I'm watching him. I'm not going to let him wander. But it's good. Yeah. Down the sandy path to the grave. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, good recommendation. The, good the one. other one is one that I doubt you've seen. I'll be shocked mm-hmm. if you've seen it. And this is completely out of character, both for me to watch this show and then recommend this show. But I will let me let me tell you first what it is and then how I feel is appropriate for you to watch it. Um, I'm here for this. The show is on Netflix. It is called mm-hmm. Designated Survivor. And it has oh, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland in it. Have you watched this? I watched the first two episodes okay. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a pretty wild. It's a, it's it's a, it's a kind of a gimmick show. Like it's got a pretty it's wild. Totally a gimmick show. It's it. totally a gimmick. I'll, you can say what the gimmick is from the beginning, right? You're not spoiling anything. It happens in the first half of the episode. Right? Yeah. So the 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 premise is, and this is this is a factual thing, is that hmm? we have a contingency plan here in the United States, so that whenever there is like a big meeting of Congress where you've got the president and the vice president and all of Congress together and in one big room for a state of the union address, that type of thing. They always have at least one. I don't know how many, but I know there's at least one person who yeah, is stays behind. Yeah. Stays behind in a, like a secure bunker somewhere mm-hmm. so that should something awful happen to all of, or many of the people who are, um, who are, who are there for the state of the union that, our government as a whole, like we would still, the, the, the mantle of president would fall upon this sequestered person. If somehow, if there were in the unlikely event, out of an abundance of caution, in the unlikely event that the entire line of uh, succession mm-hmm. gets down to, say, the Secretary of Energy or whatever, yeah. what is he, the environment? Uh, it's like, like you've the gone, HUD you've director, president, director of HUD president, or something. Speaker of the House. Like you've got all the way down, like 11 people die. Right. <laughs> still one left behind. Right. So the, so the order of succession, by the way, um, it's obviously the, the president. But after that. President, vice president. Speaker, speaker of the House. house president pro tempore. Tem. Yep. Yeah. Secretary of State, Secretary of Treasury, Secretary of Defense, Attorney General, Secretary of the Interior, of Agriculture, of Commerce, of Labor, of Health and Human Services, of Housing and Urban Development, which is what he is. Uh, Scraping the bottom of the succession. Right. Transportation, mm-hmm. education, 
uh, energy education, veterans affairs, and finally homeland security. Well, the guy, um, Kiefer Sutherland, I think is the, um, housing and urban development. And he was the Can one you imagine that was if Ben Carson was the president. Woo. <laughs> right. Dr. Carson. Yeah. So, but that's how, um, that's how it, it, it happens. And this show is that something happens and the, this, uh, this Kiefer Sutherland's character is, winds up being president but there's a there's a another yeah, tell me why 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 the recommendation uh well there is oh, no a, you, you had said that there's like something especially there's certain, there that i would like certain conditions it. under which i feel the show should be watched and here's here's how it should be watched okay okay there is a point a decision point every night where you say to yourself everyone else <laughs> has gone to bed I should know what TV I concentrate on I or TV pro- I just kind of let fly by. Yeah, I should probably go to bed, but God damn it, I don't feel like it yet. I want to yes. put something on that I don't need to really pay super close attention to so I don't feel mm-hmm. lost. Because if I maybe dozed off for a minute or two, I'd wake up and be like, oh, uh, but I wouldn't be completely lost. And that if I don't totally remember what happened in the episode from last night, I'm still pretty much able to watch tonight. This is mm-hmm. the perfect show for that. It's mm-hmm. perfect. You just you can you can kind of watch it, and and in the, under those circumstances, I've been really enjoying it. All right, that's I, that's a great recommendation and and great conditions for the recommendation. Yeah. So that's my second one. Do you have anything to recommend? I'm trying to think of um, what recent media stuff have I particularly liked. I'm kind of unprepared. What have I? I still watch a lot of YouTube at night. Um, I told Roderick yesterday, I watched, watched several videos of (laughs) different people's, um, lists of the best Rush albums and why. (laughs) So kind of going back and listening to some Rush, trying to think of what I've uh, done recently. Let me go look at Spotify, actually. I bet I I got some good stuff in there. Uh, recently played, gosh, I sure like Spotify. I got Kanye, you got Rush. Boy, it's strange what is and isn't on there. Teenage Fan Club, Hold Steady, Beatles, Swerve Driver. Nothing, no, nothing, nothing too new. There's a new season of Top Chef out. Oh, yeah? Uh, we were watching that. Um, we, um, our daughter has been listening to the music from the musical Mean Girls. So we went back and watched Mean Girls with her. And oh, was Clueless. she inspired by the new um, Next video, Next? person video next update or whatever it is thank you next thank you next that's it. Oh, oh 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 no 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 because that has that apparently mean girls yeah. and other clueless and other things yes, in yes 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 no 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 it was that um you know it's mainly musical recommendations and spotify led her to mean girls and now mean girls because we listen to a lot of musical stuff at home so like listening to a lot of hamilton and dear evan hansen and wicked like kind of naturally leads you into mean girls and then um Mean Girls, what's it pointing right now? Oh, Book of Mormon, which I think she shouldn't be listening to. Um, but yeah, we went back and watched Mean Girls. That movie is still so freaking good. That's my uh, my easy little. Well, I've movie. never seen it, so I'll, I'll. You're the second person. Who's oh, I don't want to oversell it, but I it's, see it. It's got a great cast, and I just I we on the way to school today because I'm that guy. I'm always trying to like say, oh, you know, this one person you like is also in this other thing. Like, did you know that the guy who's Doctor Poop in the Bad Doctor video? And it is the principal in Mean Girls. He's also uh, the mailman on Bob's Burgers. And she'll be like, oh, 
that's interesting. I didn't know that. Like, oh, you know, and Tina Fey did this, and Will Ferrell did that. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to make her a nerd about stuff like that. And she recognized uh, Jason Manzukas's uh, voice on a podcast today. So I think I'm making progress. Manzuka. Manzukas, which Ma- I, yeah. Manzuka. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's Dennis Feinstein on uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. He's, P- he's Pimento on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Manzuka. And he's the, uh, the Janet-like guy on uh, Good Place. The guy with no uh, penis. His penis is wind chimes. What? Yep. So I guess we should probably button up. <laughs> okay, I think after that we need to. Wind chimes. Wind chimes. Uh, okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.